Welcome to the Globetrotter Lounge podcast, conversations with women who have found creative ways to travel more. This is episode 63, and I'm your host, Jet Set Lizette. Today I'm talking with Joy Barnett, Texas copywriter and solo road tripper, who in the last year has traveled over 5,000 miles to destinations important to Black history in the United States. Joy shares what sparked her love of travel, why she started road tripping solo, and some of the places she has visited so far. She also talks about her focus on Black history and her tips for embarking on this kind of travel. Just a reminder that all resources mentioned during the episode can be found in the show notes at jetsetlizette.com forward slash episode 63. Before we begin, I want to mention that this episode is sponsored by Waypoint Goods, a company that designs accessories that support and inspire travel. Along with their signature travel scarf with hidden zipper pocket, they offer destination-inspired home decor. You can get the street grid of your favorite city laser-cut into an 8 by 10 inch white mat board to display on your desk or wall. It's sure to be a conversation starter while reminding you of your favorite place on Earth. Personally, I've got to get one of Paris. So visit waypointgoods.com to check it out and enter Jet Set at checkout for 15% off. This episode is also sponsored by Wonderful, the leading women's travel collective. I hope to see you in New Orleans March 12th and 13th, 2022, for their first outdoor travel festival for women. Enjoy great speakers like Travel Channel's Onika Raymond and author Patricia Schultz, plus live music, dancing, shopping, and so much more. And I'll be hosting a special meetup at the only museum dedicated to the unique history and culture of free people of color in New Orleans. Learn more and enter to win two free tickets at wanderfestevent.com forward slash jet set. They'll pick a winner on February 1st. And with that, let's go ahead and get into the interview. Welcome, Joy, to the Globetrotter Lounge podcast. It's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Lissette. It's a pleasure to be here. And so fun to see your face. <laughs> Not everybody gets to see it. We get to see each other. But you know, we've been talking for quite a while yes. on the phone, and this is actually the first time we've done <laughs> video. So great to it's see you true. and talk with you. It's and wonderful. can't wait to dig in and hear about all that you've been doing with your travels. So let's start with what do you think sparked your love of travel? Oh, goodness. You know, I have loved traveling for quite some time, actually. It's just been that other sort of external constraints have kept me from being able to do that. I had a partner um, and his work schedule did not necessarily allow. I am currently working a job that allows uh, unlimited PTO. And I said, don't tell me unlimited <laughs> and not expect me wow. to take full advantage of it. So, um, and of course, you know, with COVID and everyone being stuck at home, it really felt like all of these different factors came together for me to strike out again on my own and see what there was to see out in the world, especially you know, as I'm already by myself. I don't really have to worry about social distancing all that much when it's just me or coming into contact with too many folks. So it's been lovely to spend this time um, just really 
seeing the world outside of the four corners of my home. (laughs) Now, say when you were growing up, did you travel much or what was your background with it? Growing up, we traveled a little bit. I grew up in southeast Texas, just east of Houston. And so we'd regularly make little day trips to Houston and things like that. I remember we had one big trip. We drove out to Walt Disney World from Southeast Texas. I think we made it uh, 18 something hours. We drove straight there (laughs) in the back of a Lincoln Town car. Me, my sister, my cousin, just packed, right? (laughs) Okay, I see where the road tripping thing is coming from. (laughs) You know, and um, I talked a little bit. You know, I know that you followed me. Um, I've talked a little bit about my dad, and he had so much to do with, I think, the thrill and excitement of being on the road, because I would always just drive around town listening to music with him. And that was such a great outlet, and even such a great introspective time. Even when we were together, there'd be times that we just didn't talk. You know, everyone sat quietly and just listened to music with the windows down. And I think that that was really a moment that just connected for me. And I've always felt really drawn and kind of at my best when I can go and do those things, Uh, you know, connected to the road, myself, family, all of these other things that come into play. So it's been a really fantastic experience having sort of grown up with all of the pieces that needed to be there to now come together in this big journey that I'm making all over all kinds of places. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So I actually was told about you through a mutual friend who was like very insistent that I check out your profile (laughs) on Instagram. And not only that was like, you two need to be friends, you know, and then (laughs) I finally checked out your profile and was like, what? Because I really loved what you were doing there. I loved your writing when, you know, you don't always write a lot for each post, but sometimes you would and you would write these incredible like stories and the images you had and the places you were going and the things you were exploring. And I was like, what? Then we had some other things in common that just came to be. And we finally connected. But yeah, I just it caught my eye that you were, you know, this black woman. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, hey, okay, I see you, you know, road tripping solo. I'm like, what? (laughs) Okay, cool. All right. Um, And then, you know, the way you told those stories too, and where you were going. So I I think you said that you've now road tripped over 5,000 miles, right? Yes. Yes. And that was the last count. Um, That was before the trip that has been my most recent uh, that I'm actually currently on speaking to you from. And I think now I'm up to... 6,300 or so. Wow. <laughs> and when did this all start? Like, when did we, right during the pandemic? Was it, you know, how long Actually, has it been? Actually, it has been almost one year exactly, Lisette. I started off on my first trip on September 25th, 2020. That is my birthday. <laughs> I usually take a trip for my birthday. I say for my birthday, but not exactly. Um, It's usually just that low season in most places falls around September, October. (laughs) Uh, You know, it tends to be rainier in a lot of places, that sort of thing. And it's sort of easier to get away from work right around that time, too. 
So it just all sort of fell together that I would take a trip every year for my birthday. But this, well, that year, uh, not this year, that particular year, I ended up, as everyone was, stuck at home and with another birthday rolling around. And I felt like there had been so much heaviness on everyone, so much grief, so much pain and struggle. And I just really didn't want to let all of those things steal one thing that I had that I could look forward to every year. But of course, I was not about to get on an airplane (laughs) in September of 2020. So I decided that I would embark on a trip and go to places that I'd never been before and start to create memories of my own that did not necessarily involve or were attached to other people to be able to go with the encouragement of others as a solo traveler in those circumstances when I think everyone was really looking for something to latch onto, uh, some sort of pleasure, some happiness out in the world again. It really brought me to life. And I think so many of the people that I know and that I follow myself, uh, you know, we started to connect over lots of different new things, lots of new places. So it's really been a wonderful experience actually being able to, especially in the middle of a pandemic, because I think, you know, along the way, people have also connected with me differently because we are in the middle of a pandemic. People are all reaching out for some sort of connection right now and had been then. So when I set off on, as I mentioned, uh, September 25th, 2020, I headed west. I live in Austin, but I had never been to West Texas. You know, um, people talk all the time about how Texas is a gigantic state. And it is (laughs) as someone born in southeast Texas having made my way all the way across to the other side was something I hadn't done yet. So it was an experience I really wanted to have. Uh, So I decided that I would pack up and head to Marfa, Texas, a delightful little town out in the middle of nowhere, West Texas. And it was wonderful. Uh, It was the first stop on my trip. From there, I went to El Paso and then continued sort of northwest, I suppose, through New Mexico, making a couple of stops there into Colorado and then turning right back around and coming back through. So that was my first trip. And I think that it really ignited something within me and within so many of the people that I know. You know, it's been just a lovely, lovely experience having new ways to connect to new places, meeting new people, having new experiences that I never would have had in Austin, um, let alone in Texas. So Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's been fantastic. And like, you know, like you were saying, I think, well, at least I know my friend was inspired by it. You know, she sent me that information, our friend. And, and I was like, <laughs> Whoa, this is so cool. So yeah, I, I've just been following along. And I know, th- where are you now? So tell us where you are now and what this current trip you're on is about. I am currently speaking to you from Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> I left Texas on September 20th, 
Uh, my first stop was Montgomery, Alabama. And then from Montgomery, I headed here to Savannah and I've explored a bit of the region uh, while I've been here, some of the surrounding islands and coastal areas. And from here, I'll be heading to Birmingham, Alabama. And one more stop, Memphis, Tennessee, before I get back home. So I've made quite a tour of the South this trip. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, and then you've been to Arkansas in yes. the past, which I really am intrigued by that trip because I plan to do some road <laughs> tripping in Arkansas because of my family roots there. And um, let's see, where else? Are there any other places I'm trying to think? Um, along the way, I was in New Orleans for a couple of weeks New Orleans is actually a town that I'm very familiar with, having grown up in Southeast Texas. So uh, that trip was actually, <laughs> you know, I think that that sort of leads us into another space of being flexible with your trip planning, <laughs> uh, because that trip was actually supposed to be this trip that I'm currently on. I was going to make my first stop in New Orleans on the way to then Montgomery and all of the places that I am now and have just explained to you. Unfortunately, due to some personal family issues, that trip had to change, but it was still a trip that I wanted to make. Because I think once again, I didn't want to let pain and grief and suffering get in the way of something that I felt passionate about. In December of 2020, my father passed away. Uh, he was diagnosed with COVID the day before Thanksgiving. And by December 14th, he was gone. Um, I had planned to be in Beaumont, Texas, my hometown in Southeast Texas, uh, to visit my family for Christmas and then move on to New Orleans and then and then. But with his passing, you know, naturally, I didn't have the mental capacity or I think the emotional strength to start to make and plan a trip of that sort of volume. So rather than scrap my trip altogether, I decided that, in fact, New Orleans was a beautiful place to go to mourn to have my heart refilled and I think to still honor my dad's memory and his spirit. He was the, I think, driving force behind a lot of the explorations that we had. And the first time I went to New Orleans, it was in fact with my family. So I think that it was very fitting and very appropriate and necessary for me to still have a piece of or I suppose a sense of normalcy <laughs> among all of that turmoil that was happening. And that was my way of, I think, coping and also having a place to release that didn't necessarily feel like everything had to be joyous and have a smile painted on my face the entire time and be able to greet people happily. You know, I was not necessarily in that headspace, but New Orleans, for all that it is, is so rich in emotion and history 
and all of these things that it was a really wonderful place to spend uh, several weeks. I was there uh, the day before Christmas Eve and I left a couple of days after New Year's. So it was really wonderful to just have my cup refilled and not feel like I had to jump immediately back into the day-to-day either. Uh, A good departure from all of the regular burdens and you know, you're you're out on vacation, vacation. <laughs> and I think that when you're out in a place that you don't know, you don't have that sense of upholding the normal standards. You know, you don't feel like you have to perform to a certain level of the culture there. You know, you're new in town and you're just passing through. So <laughs> you don't know any of these people. That's okay. <laughs> you know, if they see you crying, if they see you laughing inappropriately, no one's going to know any difference in a couple of days. <laughs> well, and I think that's the beauty of, of solo travel too, is you can just, you know, be how you need to be when you need to be that way. And I, I just want to also just say thanks so much for sharing that about the loss of your dad and I'm really sorry for your loss. And I know that you and I kind of heart connected because I lost my dad in November of last year, not to COVID, to heart failure. Anyway, it it's just been intense. And so I, I just really hear in your story that sense of, you know, travel as a potential place for healing too. Like just that Absolutely. sense of being able to move. I mean, travel literally means to move from point A to point B, <laughs> but there's something about that heaviness of the grief. And I think, you know, we all have our ways of dealing with grief and loss. And certainly the pandemic as a whole, as you mentioned earlier, so much grief and loss, all the things about racism, and you know, mm-hmm. all the things, there was just so much. And yes. I know that I typically have traveled sort of in a frenzied way um, in the past, almost more escapist, where I feel like now there's more of a like honoring of what is transpiring and connecting and healing in the ways we can in a slower way. And I hear with your road tripping, it's not something you like fly in for the weekend and fly out. You know, it's like I'm moving through landscapes on the road. And I don't know, there's just something about that that just resonates with me. I just went camping a couple days ago and I felt the same way. So anyway, thank you for sharing that. And what a great way to honor your dad too, being there. Sounds like he just loved music so much, too. And New Orleans is so much about music. Yes, yes, absolutely. And thank you for for sharing and connecting with me on that level, too. Um, as you mentioned, I think that, you know, when you're traveling those landscapes as well, you know, there's there's a mood and there's a sense of place in all of these spaces and you know your emotions are moving along with all of those things you know you just having come from your little camping trip your adorable little camping trip <laughs> with the little trailer <laughs> yes that we rented yeah. yes you know you arrive in places like you were just in and you feel cleansed Or you go to a place and you start to soak up all of that history and all of that sense of being, of actually connecting to a space even though you are not of it. And that is just something on an emotional level, I think that 
everyone can tap into and enjoy and especially right now of feeling connected to something even if you have to be six feet apart <laughs> right and you don't have to get on a airplane you can right. just do this down <laughs> down the road you can head on head on out on the road drive as far or not as far you yes. know as you want so one of the things that really has been fascinating for me is your choice of where to go i mean yep yeah, okay you're in texas you're kind of planning from there but i definitely see this theme in your travels that i'd love for you to talk about where there's a lot about black history that you're exploring so do you want to talk a little bit about that part of it and how that all kind of has come to be of course. Uh, you know, I have been writing about Black history and Blackness in some capacity for quite some time. I am a copywriter by trade, and I feel this, I, I hate to say the word again, connectedness, <laughs> this sense of connectedness, not only to all of the writers throughout history, but in particular, all of the Black and indigenous and native storytellers throughout history. You and I have spoken in the past about the griot, and I have very much felt that as someone with a talent for writing, and as a Black woman in particular, that I have a responsibility and an obligation to tell those stories, to continue that history and that legacy through my own work and by extension through my own travels because I did previously have that interest in writing about black history. And, and I'll speak a little bit about that. I run a couple of different, I would suppose I call them social campaigns on my Facebook and my Instagram accounts during respective black history months. Um, in February, I run Black History is American History. And in June, I run Sound in Color to celebrate African-American Music Appreciation Month. And so having a background in Black history, Black music, I have very much felt attracted to the places where I would be able to get to the heart of those things. And while... You know, West Texas, New Mexico, and Colorado are not necessarily those places. Arkansas, Louisiana, Alabama, and Georgia, uh, and Tennessee, which is coming up, most certainly are. And in those places, I have been able to, I think, really start to flesh out the stories. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of history that's passed down, you know, a lot of it we get from textbooks and a lot of it we get from external sources. But I think that until you're really in a place where a story occurred, you don't necessarily have all the pieces of it. You don't necessarily know the full context of it. And in my various travels, I have been able to receive and be blessed by having that context. You know, when I'm in deep Arkansas, where, you know, in some places there is a high clan presence, I can understand the travels of our ancestors. I can understand the necessity for a green book. I can also understand and appreciate 
that I am a black woman in 2021 traveling without one, that I am realizing something that my ancestors, and I say ancestors, but I mean, we're talking about 60, 60 years ago, right? Not that long Um, ago. You know, my parents are within that age range. So, you know, just within that time period, black people could not travel the way that I'm traveling. Black women, especially alone, could not travel the way that I'm traveling. So I'm not only feeling fulfilled and purposeful, but I'm doing that and collecting the stories along the way that aren't necessarily disseminated, that people aren't necessarily sharing and telling I had the privilege of meeting the director of the Freedom Rides Museum when I was in Montgomery. And I was so touched because she thanked me for being there and for being a Black woman writing about our history and about our culture, because that is a presence that is not really widely seen in this country. You know, for someone to be writing about Blackness in a way that is engaging and that really, I think, recaptures the narrative of the American road trip and turns that into something that is meaningful on a cultural level and can really have those moments to engage people of our culture who say, who see me out on the road and say, oh, honey, be careful. We're looking out for you. It is the sweetest thing to once again feel connected to my people, my history, my culture, and not just you know this American white male Route 66 <laughs> you know, hot rods and open convertibles, you know, sense of presence and being. So I have really loved being able to explore as a Black woman, because I think that really colors not only the places that I'm going, but also the experiences that I have with different people when I'm there, you know, And so many of them, and you can relate, I'm sure, and I'm sure so many of your listeners can relate to being the only person of color in very white spaces. And even as I'm out traveling, once again, that is my experience. And I think that it's so novel, even for the people that I encounter, that they want to engage, they want to really encourage me and take care of me along the way. And it's been such a wonderful experience all around. Well, it's incredibly inspiring for me personally, because as I said, I plan to road trip through Arkansas to places that were important in my biological Black family's history. And there's so much history there, the sharecropping after the slavery the you know just there's just so much and actually you know ghost towns i know you were you were in uh i don't know where it was i just saw you post about it but it was like this gorgeous all these gorgeous pictures yes. and you know i'll be going to places like that where my people used to live and where yes. black people used to live 
and until they migrated west and out of those areas after, you know, because of sharecropping and all that, and they just needed new lives. But, you know, I did have that feeling of like, well, I haven't really done this before. You know, I mean, I, I'm going to do it. I've always had that attitude, but not, I just haven't really done this before. I fly off to international destinations. You know, I'm not usually in my car driving alone through Arkansas. So to see you doing that just really encourages me and inspires me to do the same thing. Plus, I literally was taking notes off your <laughs> off your post. I'm like, okay, we're going here. We're going there. I'm going to go over here. I have to see that, you know. And so I really thank you personally for taking some of those journeys because they will inform my journey which is a very important thing that I'm doing for myself. So, um, but also I want to point out that you do take amazing photographs. And I think, <laughs> you know, you have your writing, you have these photographs, and it's just really, it's really striking. Some of the images that you present, some of the backstory, some of those little stories too, those little <laughs> stories that become big stories of people running into you and talking to you about things. And um, yeah, it's just been really, really amazing to see what you've been doing in really just this last year. Yes. It feels hard to believe that it has only been a year of this. <laughs> Having done it for a year and now back in it, as I plan to continue to be, I really don't see any signs of stopping. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Okay. So we're already kind of you know, we've been talking a while, but I want to make sure I get to some questions, sort of sort of some nitty gritty, because you have been doing this straight for like a year, lots of amazing road trips. Okay. So what are some of the key things, like even just a few things that people should think about when they're planning out a road trip? I mean, I know, you know, it's like, oh, I'm just going to go over there, but aren't there things like drive time? Are you going to rent a car or put the miles on your car? You know, what about food options? We're in a pandemic. Rest stops. Do you want to use the public bathrooms? I mean, is, do you have like one or two sort of top things to think about when you're getting ready to go on a road trip? I do a lot of planning my road trips by the distance I can cover. And I try to be very realistic about that because I think you know, especially as I'm making these long haul dashes, you know, across West Texas into New Mexico, you know, you really kind of have these destinations that feel very much like, oh, I want to get there and I want to hurry to get there. But I think my biggest tip would be be realistic about what you can actually do in a day. I met my limits <laughs> in Arkansas. <laughs> Uh, at around nine hours from Austin to Eureka Springs. And, you know, I did it. It was fine, but I definitely got to the end of it and said never again. <laughs> you know, especially when you're not very familiar with the places that you're going to be going. Because one of the things that especially in the places that I'm traveling that I often run into is, is it going to be safe for me to stop here? And so many times, you know, when you're traveling in a group, that's not necessarily a concern. But <laughs> when you're traveling as a solo traveler, you know, just because GPS says that there is a gas station approximately 15 miles down the road from you, does not necessarily mean that it is a gas station that you will want to stop in. And that is, you know, whether it's cleanliness or simply because of 
the people you might see hanging around. You know, I always try to be very cognizant of my safety. Yeah, I am a solo Black woman traveling, and I have to constantly be aware of that, that I cannot just hop out at any gas station I pass by because I don't necessarily know the culture in that place, that I will be a person who's accepted by stopping in and just hopping out to use the bathroom. Oftentimes, I will not necessarily feel comfortable with the surroundings you know even if a gas station looks fine and bright and like it's possibly clean it is literally the only thing (laughs) the only sign of human civilization for hundreds of miles and I think "Eh, maybe I can go to the next one I don't want to be alone out here in the middle of nowhere so you know I think that between those are almost side by side (laughs) judge your distance and just be very careful and aware of where it is that you're stopping because there's not always time and you don't always think ahead to say let me plan to stop in this city because it's going to be the last real bastion of (laughs) liberalness (laughs) until I get to anywhere else you don't think about that when you're planning a trip uh it's something that doesn't really occur to you until you're out on the road and it's it's definitely something to consider when you're planning a trip that you may not necessarily be able to make all the stops that you can so stop often (laughs) get lots of rest and don't overdo yourself you'll feel better in the end for it (laughs) excellent yep and i was going to bring up the safety thing so i'm glad you spoke to that And, you know, you spoke earlier about the Green Book and I was, you know, nodding my head and saying, oh, yeah. And then I realized, you know, not everybody knows what the Green Book was. Do you want to explain just really briefly about the Green Book, the motorist book? Yes. uh, The Green Book was originally uh, titled the Negro Motorists Green Book, uh, or I think the Negro Motorist Travel Book, I think. Uh, It just happens to be published with a green cover. And uh, by Mr. Victor Green, I do believe was his name. And he actually put together a compendium of places that it was safe or welcoming for Black people to stay, eat, be entertained, and stop in as they were traveling throughout the South. Uh, particularly the South, I'll say. But, you know, I know that he also had places in the Northeast and all down the Eastern Seaboard, really. So it was, I think, one of the original outcomes of the Sea America campaign that was going on during a lot of the National Parks revitalization. And Mr. Green was aware that it was not safe for Black people to see America the way that that was being publicized by the National Park Service and the National Highway Services. So he published this book, and that was, I think, one of the earliest sort of symbols of Black folks taking control of their own destinies and really laying claim to this country that 
they have shed so much blood and sweat and tears for that it was a real moment for us to be able to reclaim that. And of course, myself, I very much feel connected to that legacy. Yeah. And so earlier, you know, you were mentioning how you're traveling now and you don't really need the book. And at the same time, there still could be that feeling of like, hmm, would be good to know if this gas station's okay. So it's not totally over, obviously. We're still traveling in spaces where we may not feel comfortable. But I do think there's just something so empowering and fantastic. You're like, yeah, we don't, I don't really need this book. I'm able to move and I'm doing it. I'm not going to let fear hold me back. I'm going to go after those stories and, you know, learn the history and see the places where the history happened that was so meaningful and often not showcased. So I just really, again, want to just say, I totally commend you for everything you're doing and you're giving me so much inspiration. And I do think, you know, also just generally women, right? So we have that, you know, women have that also that layer of just like, we need to be more careful or we've Mm -hmm. trained ourselves to be more careful, right? So, but hopefully not to the point where we won't go places. And solo travel, you had encouraged me when I was telling you about my plans to go and do a lot of DNA travel, heritage travel. You were like, yeah, make sure you do a lot of that alone because you know, and then I recently went on a trip where I wasn't alone. And it's like, not the camping one, but another one with family. And it was so great. And it is hard. You know, there's this, the one side where you can feel like, am I safe? You know, I'm alone, you know, etc. But there's this other side where you're free, you're free to experience deeply, you're free to move. However, be flexible. Your mood is weird. You're fine. If you want to be up half the night because that's just what's going on, (laughs) fine. If you want to sleep in half the day before you hit the road, great. You don't have anyone else to answer to. And I think you saying that to me really made me go, yeah, I think I think Mm -hmm. a lot about that. You know, Mm -hmm. not just automatically bring the husband, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm glad that you mentioned the fear in it because people say to me all the time, oh my gosh, I can never do that. You know, oh, you're so brave. You're so adventurous. And I think, how could I not be? You know, um, I tell people, and I think I even mentioned it recently on my Instagram. I tell people that I encounter all the time that in a million lifetimes, I could never see all the wonders of the world. I only have one So I need to be out there making the most of it. And that's what I'm trying to do. You know, it is very easy to say, I'm afraid of doing that. I am personally very afraid of being lost (laughs) and (laughs) unable to communicate, you know, and that is something that is a very real fear in some of the places that I'm going because There is no Wi-Fi in the deep hills of Arkansas, you know? It is dark. There are various different turns and treacherous places. But I think that part of the journey is just overcoming and pushing through that fear and discovering on the other end of it that there are so many things that you wouldn't have seen, so many experiences that you wouldn't have had if you'd been held back by it. So, 
you know, I almost feel at this point a little bit like a fear and adrenaline junkie. That, like, <laughs> let's let's go drive this crazy road at night. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow, yeah, you really evolved, man. Well, again, it's such an inspiration, and you know, we're we're pretty much wrapping up now. But where can people follow along on your uh, wonderful journeys? The best place to follow along with me is on my Instagram. That is at where joy wanders on Instagram. And, you know, along the way, I also am posting and trying to collect some of the various stories that I've told and to pull those out of Instagram and onto my blog, which you can see at joybarnett.com slash blog. <laughs> There I have all of my writings about Black history, Black music, and Black ladies traveling solo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing all your stories and insights. And can't wait to see where you're going next. And I will definitely be following you along the way. So thanks for talking with me today. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Lisette. And thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening to the Globetrotter Lounge podcast. This episode was produced by my podcast manager, Marcy Page. Show notes and resource links can be found at jetsetlazette.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and tell your friends about the show. Thanks so much for tuning in and getting some travel inspiration. Remember, life is short, travel more.